0: Well, good morning, church. How are you doing this morning? Good to see you. We are in a series on the pre-incarnate Christ, and so I invite you to turn to John chapter 1. We'll look at the first three verses there briefly. Um, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you search the scriptures and you think that by them you have eternal life. And he said, those scriptures, and he's talking about the Old Testament, he said, those scriptures are about me, <laughs> But you refuse to come to me to have life. And so we want to see that as we look at Jesus, that he is pre-incarnate, that he is the eternal God. We want to exalt him as the eternal God, the Son of God from all time, one with the Father and the Holy Spirit as the triune God, and we want to exalt him and look at him and enjoy him uh, in his eternity here in pre-existence uh, this next few weeks together as we move toward Christmas. Hope that uh, you have the opportunity to come this week to the Christmas concert, Fridays and Saturday evenings, and uh, also look forward to a Christmas Eve service together on Christmas Eve. A lot of opportunity to bring friends, invite guests. Uh, uh, These will be good services that will be delightful and enjoyable and gently hear the love of God expressed in Christ uh, for them. So let's, let's read John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and hear God speak to us about his son and who he is. It says, In the beginning was the word, that's Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amazing. And he was in the beginning with God. Here's what we're going to talk about today. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Today I want to talk about how Christ, Jesus, the Savior, the baby in the manger, was our creator and sustainer. We'll talk about those two words, creator and sustainer uh, this morning. That Jesus was in the beginning. You hear echoes of Genesis 1-1 there, don't you? In the beginning was the word. In the beginning God created, it says in Genesis 1 1. And so Jesus in the beginning was with the Father and the Holy Spirit creating. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says in Psalm 33, 6 and 9 By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. For he spoke and it came to be, and he commanded and it stood firm. Isn't that unbelievable? God speaks, and the whole universe is created. Oh, my gosh. Jesus, <laughs> creator God, right, through whom the world is created, speaks, and the world is created. That little baby that we're celebrating. Unbelievable. And it is a creation that comes in Genesis 1, 1 out of absolutely Nothing. Ex nihilo, they say. Out of nothing. You know, you and I have been given uh, creative juices, right, by God, right, that are cool, right? I mean, this smartphone I got in my pocket this morning, this is a lot of creativity, right? Amazing, the technology here, even as we connect with verses on the screen. How in the world does this happen, right? But these are all things that were already made that we've just figured out how to put together well. When we figured out silica sand and what was there, that we could make semiconductors out of that. But that was stuff that God made out of nothing. God makes out of nothing. We create out of things that are already there. See, there's a big difference. God creates out of nothing. And he creates, right? And there's a lot of debate about how did God do this? You know, when did he do this? Right? What does this look like? But let's not be distracted by the main point here. God created out of nothing. In fact, I told my kids when they went off to college, now look at don't let the world and professors in science distract you from what creation is ultimately about, and that is Jesus. And we're going to look at that, see that this morning. In the end, science that's true and scriptures will line up because everything God says is true in his word. But let's not worry about all the details we don't know. Were you there when the world was created? Does anybody know exactly what that looked like and how that was and when that was? We don't know, but we know this. God created the world, and let's make it about Jesus and his glory, and we'll see that this morning as we go through this. It says in Psalm 147, verses 3 and 4, that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds... He determines the number of stars and he gives them all their names. Troy, put this picture up, would you? So here's God and he cares about every little wound in your heart. Every little wound that's there. And there's a lot of them. Some of them are pretty deep, right? And he makes the universe... And he creates stars, and I was reading yesterday how many stars there were now in the universe that we know of, right? Lots that we don't know of yet because we can't see that far, but about 10 to the 22nd power. I wrote that down. That's, a bil- that's 1 billion trillion stars, right? 10 with 22 zeros after it. I mean, a number you can't, we can't, you can't even imagine. And God calls all of them by name, <laughs> Now, do you think a God that made this and names every star, gives every star a purpose, just might have the capacity to help you with your problems? <laughs> right? Think he can handle your stress? <laughs> But let's be real careful here, too. I mean, this world is not about you and me. He can handle this, and he will, and he's glad to. But none of us should say, I wonder how I get that guy on my program, right? I want him on my team. <laughs> oh, no, it's about us joining him and what he's doing, right? This world, it says in, in Psalm 19, was made for his glory. The skies proclaim his handiwork, They pour out speech about his glory, and so we want to be careful as we talk about creation. This is about him. Once a year, we have a men's retreat in our church family, and we go out to the middle of nowhere to a big cabin. It's beautiful, and and I, I, I do this every time. I walk out. You don't have to go far away from that cabin and away from those lights and just look up at the stars. It's the only time, really, of the year that I feel like I'm kind of in this place that's so dark that you can actually see the wonders and the Milky Way and all this, like, God's creation. Just to appreciate the greatness of our God. But I want us to see this morning that the earth in particular is an important part of God's creation. Do you notice in Genesis 1-1, the earth shows up right there? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It, It has a very significant purpose. Many we could list, I think, today. But perhaps the biggest purpose is it would be the place where God would send his son, God in human flesh, to walk among us that we get to see God in human flesh. The earth was made for him and his glory to come and to die on a cross as God and to show his glory through his love and grace, to demonstrate that love and to offer forgiveness and to redeem us out of our broken place, to give us new life, the resurrection power to live for him, and in the end, it says, we go all the way to the end of the story in Revelation twenty-one, twenty-two, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And on that earth, God will display His glory through His Son. There, listen, twenty-one of chapter twenty-one, one and two. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband." with Christ and then 22 verse 3 says no longer will there be anything accursed but the throne of God and of the lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him and so earth is created for the glory of God and the person of Christ and we're to enjoy that and relish that that's what we're doing is to lift up Christ so that we'll be drawn in love and joy uh, to him, uh, worship in so many ways is just a feasting of our souls on the beauty and the glory of God and enjoying him forever. I, I think I'll just do one little tangential, I'll keep this short, but it's important to say that, th- that this God created, and who created, did not create out of need. He, he didn't, he, God and the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit were in community. In fellowship, John 17, verse 1 says, Father, glorify me as I have glorified you throughout all eternity. And uh, there's this mutual love and honor and blessing and glory going on between the Godhead. They were fully, completely satisfied. And all we are doing is being created to enjoy him and to be caught into the dance of the Trinity as it were, to have fellowship with this eternal being that is fully joyful and fully satisfied, and we get to be in the middle of that, right? And to find our security in life in the middle of the love that God has for us that he's sharing, that he had for himself through all eternity. Pastor Robert and I talk a lot about this, but I'm an extrovert, and I really like people. And I get a lot of energy from being with people. And I could come to work and just walk the hallways and just spend time in every office all day long and do nothing but just be with the people. And I'd be really happy and get nothing done, right? In fact, this, Salt Lake City drives me crazy in this regard, right? It is so impersonal. I like standing in a line at the post office and talking to the people next to me. But if I do that in Salt Lake City, they think I'm weird. Like, what do you want off me, right? That drives me crazy. And Nebraska was much better. Like, I could talk to anybody, anywhere, and they thought I was normal. Here they think I'm strange, right? But really, in reality, and this is the truth, that the best times that I have with God in this building when I'm by myself with him and walking in the fellowship of the Trinity and walking through this building and by the offices and praying for everybody, praying for you and praying for the staff and praying for people and the fellowship of being with him, right? He doesn't need me. He just invites me into fellowship with him that he had before the foundation of the world and I get to just enjoy him. That's the best joy that I ever have, alone with God. When we have that, we're secure, right? And so, God is the creator. And in particular, this morning, we want to talk about that Jesus is the creator. Uh, It says in Genesis 1:1, God created the heavens and the earth. The word is God is Elohim, which is this big word for God that speaks of his might and his sovereignty and his majesty and his glory and his role as judge. That's God. When we see the word Elohim, we're generally talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as a whole, and yet, and this is important, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which speaks entirely of Jesus, Jesus is called Elohim, isn't that something? For unto us the child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Elohim, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Jesus is Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created. Jesus was part of that. It's amazing, right? And we, and we can parse this out. You've got to be a little careful. But when we look at the whole of Scripture, we see that the Father is a creator in 1 Corinthians 8, 6. We see that the Spirit creates in Psalm one hundred four thirty, And we see that Jesus, the Son, creates many times in the New Testament. And one I'll just read for you now, Colossians 1:16. It says, For by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things We're created through him and for him. Through him, all the world was created. So theologians wrestle with trying to put the Godhead together in creation. And uh, Miller Derrickson, a great uh, Baptist theologian, actually uh, says that creation was from the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. And lots of others kind of grapple with how you put all this together. But we want to see that the Son is the mediating cause or the agent of creation. The Father is the leader of the Godhead, but it is through the Son that the world is created. And it says nothing was made without him, without Jesus' full participation in the Godhead. All things were made by him. And Jesus' role in creation is primary. There's nothing that was made that was not made through him. So I picture the father saying, let's do this thing, and Jesus spins it out, and the Holy Spirit inhabits it, and they just celebrate together <laughs> all that they have created to their glory and the beauty and the joy of us who get to be his people, and look at the stars and all of us, right, that are the pinnacle of God's creation, and enjoy it together. So Jesus is the creator as God, but Jesus is also the sustainer. The sustainer. Now, what What does that mean? What do I mean by that? Sometimes it's called he's the preserver. Um, But in Deuteronomy 30.20, it speaks of God. It says, he is your life and your length of days. That your very life today is in God's hands. He is sustaining you today. Nehemiah 9.6 says this, you are the Lord and you alone. You have made the heaven and the heaven of heavens. And while all their host, and the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you, God, preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. And so not only does God create, but he also preserves us. He brings the rain to water the crops. He gives us food, quenches our thirst. He sustains people in old age. These are all things I could get verses to. Sustains people from sick when they're sick, cares for fatherless and the widows, protects people from harm, helps people in times of need. These are all acts of sustenance and preservation of God toward us. He's just being good to us today that we stand here as people alive and well. And it says about Jesus in Colossians 1 it says, And he was before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. So who's holding you together today? <laughs> Jesus. Right? He is, Hebrews 1 3, the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe. By the word of his power, Christ is today upholding the universe. And if he did not uphold it today, it would fall into chaos. Now, don't get me wrong. God uses secondary causes such as gravity and the natural attraction of atoms, that chemists study and that all that cool stuff, if you're into science. But if he did not hold that all together, it would fall into complete chaos disarray in an instant. He is actively at all times in everything holding together and sustaining the universe. That is our savior. You're being held together today by Jesus. And so today is a gift of his, right? It's a gift that you're alive today. He's sustaining you today. Thank you, Lord, for life today. I wake up in the morning. God, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for giving me life. Thanks that I'm still being held together today. Right? Thank you for food today. Thank you for snow, this world, this earth that's spinning just right at just the right axis and just the right distance from the sun. And you're like doing all this for us (laughs) so we can be together and have some fun today any good to us? I was talking to my sister-in-law, Marsha, who has a PhD in toxicology, has been involved in bringing drugs to market for healing of people for literally decades, just retired this past year, but she said, I think of all the things that I've seen that bring the most healing to people is not drugs, but thankfulness. That when we are people with thankful hearts, it heals us. Isn't that an interesting thing to say from a scientist? Being a thankful people. So, Jesus is <clears throat> creator and sustainer. Now, let's make just two applications here uh, this morning that I think we just drill down into. And I'll take those two. First of all, that Jesus is creator, and therefore we worship. And Jesus is sustainer, and therefore we live. Okay? Let's look at those two. Jesus is creator. Therefore, we worship. It says in Psalm 95, o come, let us worship and bow down; let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand." Next week, Pastor Jared's going to talk about uh, being uh, God, Jesus as a shepherd. But I want us to see that we worship because He is our Maker. Because Jesus made us, we are his, and we submit our lives to him in worship. We follow him. Romans 12.1 says that we are a living sacrifice because of what Jesus did for us. That our response to Jesus as creator is, Jesus, you are Lord, you are God, and I will follow you wherever you take me. And what does it mean to follow him? What does it mean to be his? Maybe another way to ask is what did he, what did he make us to do? For what purpose did he create us? Well, Westminster Catechism offers this, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that we ought to do, right? We should glorify him and enjoy him. Jesus said the summation of all the commands, if you want to follow me, is to love God and love people. So we ought to do those things. Those are big instructions of God. But we have been created and we've been given a body and Jesus came in a body and so now we are to mirror him in our body. This is what it looks like to be God in human flesh. Now we are to try to walk like Jesus walked in our human body. We've been given this body. In the first century, there was this false teaching that said the things of the spirit were good and the things that were physical were evil and bad. But that's not true because Jesus came in a body and he was good. And so we've been given this really good gift, right, of this earth suit, you know. Here we go. And we're made in a body that can do all these fabulous things. It's crazy. A, a good friend of mine is, a, um, is an engineer at Boeing and he's in charge of robotics at Boeing. And he says robots can do a lot of things in making an airplane But there's no robot that can mimic the human hand. We cannot do it. It's too complex. It's too sophisticated. And so we've been given these hands, right, to do God's work and His will and to love and to serve and to be good to each other. We're uniquely made to bring Him glory, but each of us are uniquely made to do something that you and I can only do. And it's an act of worship. There are people you can reach and things you can do that only you can do because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, it says in Psalm 139, 14. You're the only one that can be you. And so what is God calling you uniquely to do? See, to his glory and to your joy and enjoyment of what he's given you. This past week we went to the Nutcracker and... uh, hadn't seen it in decades. Right. Remember seeing it as a child. And it's fabulous and wonderful and beautiful and right, a celebration of a lot of good things. But those people that are dancing and twirling and doing all that on stage, I will never do. <laughs> Nor will I attempt to do. Nor will I wear what they're wearing doing it, if you know what I mean. Frightening. But they love it, and they enjoy it, and they're having fun, and it is so cool that they're being themselves as God created them to be. They should be doing those things. It's beautiful, and we rejoice and celebrate that. But you and I have all been given our thing to do whatever that is. I get the joy of doing a little of what God's made me to do here this morning. And you have things to do this week that are uniquely you. And a lot of it is just discovering what it is by trying lots of things. But as you get older, right, you know a little bit more about what you've been wired to do by God, and you just focus on those things and stay in that zone. But it's a beautiful thing, and it's fulfilling. In fact, this is our life that we've been created to do, been made to worship. It's worship. Worship is living and it's in great contrast. I think, in fact, the scriptures point this out in Jeremiah ten. It's in great contrast to living for the things of earth or for idols. We're to live for Jesus. We're to worship Him. We're to do things for Him, and be careful not to do things for the for the things of earth. Listen to Jeremiah ten eleven it says, "Thus shall you say to them: The gods." who did not make the heavens, see, they were worshiping idols, but they didn't, this is the difference, they didn't create anything. And the earth shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. And so we're to be careful that we are to worship Jesus, who is God, who is God. Right? He's not a creation. This is the point. He is creator, and therefore we worship him. But we're not to worship the creation. Be careful, right? The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.6 6, that God alone dwells in unapproachable light, that God is more glorious than all creation. Only he will finally satisfy our hearts. We give our hearts to him and put them at the center of our hearts, not the things of earth. The things of earth will leave us ultimately empty and dry, and we're to worship God and God alone, Jesus, because he is the creator. I was, um, last week, many of you know, I, I was with, we were with our family um, uh, in Yuma, Arizona, and we had all all two of our kids and daughter, two of our daughter-in-laws, and my brother and his wife, and it's um, so good to be together, and so great to celebrate Christ together, and worship in together, and go to church together, and just enjoy the season together. <clears throat> Super thankful for the good place uh, our family's in. And then um, last Monday, we drove away, and I, I turned to Mary, and I commonly say this, I mean, this is a really sad thing, uh, to drive away from my family and leave my kids behind, who are doing well, and are really actually, after all this work, pretty enjoyable to be with, you know? And uh, (laughs) and I'm driving away, and I say to Mary, I said, this is sad to me. It's hard for me. And to leave behind what at least some perceive to be the best weather, you know, while it was snowing up here, it was 70 degrees and sunny and golf weather down there, which, in its own level, is, is fun. But I said to myself, <clears throat> you preach to yourself, you know, at these moments. I said, first of all, the weather, right? I mean, I'm not gonna stand before the throne of Jesus and say, you know, I spent my whole life in good weather, Jesus, are you proud of me? The weather doesn't make the top thousand of what matters in the world, right? But then there's my kids, right? We're in that nice weather. And I said to myself this My kids are not my life. Jesus is my life. And He has called me to Salt Lake City. And I will walk in Him. Right? Love my kids, crazy about my kids, want to be with them as much as I can, but they are not my life. They are a creation. They are not the Creator. Jesus is the center of my heart. And He alone apart from anything else, is enough for me. I'm so thankful for that. It's a sacrifice. There's a cost in giving up things. All of us are asked to give up things to follow Jesus. Jesus said it would be that way, but it's a joyful sacrifice because Jesus is enough. And let's be careful, right? In the day of the deification of the family, where family is God, we don't do that one. All right. So Jesus is creator, worship him. Jesus is sustainer, live. (laughs) Jesus, it says in John 1, 4, in him is life. Jesus is sustaining you today. Here's what you owe him, live. (laughs) A lot of people ask this question, where is God? Like, where is God? Where's he in my life and all that I'm going through, right? I'll tell you where he is. Are you alive today? Are you here today? He is holding you together. That's where he is, in part. He's providing for you. He gave you food this morning, gave you some clothes to wear, jobs to pay the bills. And listen to this. He is holding you together today, right now. If he wasn't holding you together, you'd just blow up right now. But he's holding you together for this purpose that you would know his love and his grace and his goodness and you would walk with him. Isn't that unbelievable? He, he, he's got you here so you enjoy him right now. And he's sustaining us. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 4, when, when the Israelites were walking through the desert, right? And there was this rock that poured forth water. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 4. It says, that rock was Christ. There he was in the Old Testament with the Hebrew people in the desert giving them water. He was sustaining them before he ever came to earth as a man. There he was. And that's our good God. Not only today is he holding you together that you would enjoy him, that you would know his love and his grace, but he's given you water to drink and food to eat, mountains to enjoy, So you would walk with him in his creation, right? We get to walk with him in his creation today, enjoying him to his glory. Live, Christians, live. Nobody should enjoy earth more than we do. Open your mouth wide, it says in Psalm 10 to 81.10, and I will fill it. Come on, God. Daniel in the Old Testament, Um, (laughs) in the famous story of the big statue that, band, you can come on up, the big famous statue that that Nebuchadnezzar sets up, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are told to bow down to this statue, right? And uh, they don't, right? There's risk, by the way, in following God. There's risk in following Jesus. This is going to be my closing point. And so they don't, right? And so here they come, Nebuchadnezzar's henchmen, and they grab him, and they heat up the furnace, seven times hotter than it was, and the people around it perish, and they toss him in the furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, Abednego and Jesus. <laughs> How about that, right? There he is again, the Son of God, walking in the furnace. And so, even when life is hard, even when life is costly, Jesus walks with us. And in fact, I mean, no going to sign up for this, right? I mean, we, we don't sign up for the furnace, right? But imagine the exhilaration of being tossed in the furnace and having Jesus walk with you and come out. And your God is worshiped because you obey. This past week, I had a little health scare in my life. And uh, I was a little frightened. Pastor Robert, like he so is, very comforting and uh, all is well it turns out but in those moments I mean I did the thing the real wise thing I worried right (laughs) and then what God does is he quietly speaks to you in the furnace like he does I'm with you I'm for you I've got you I am your life (laughs) furnace, I experience him more than when I am not, and delight in his goodness and is carrying me through one more day, because my life is in his hands. So whether it's in life or death, health or weakness or sickness, the great joy of life is that Jesus is with us. He walks with us as our sustainer. He holds us together that we would know him and know his love and know his grace. And so my question this morning as we close is, have you bowed your knee to the one who created you? Have you given your life to him? Are you walking with him? (laughs) He is Lord. He's your creator. He's the one that's holding you together today. The length of your days is in his hands. Would you, this day, give your life to him? and do the greatest thing you ever did. Let's pray. I'm just gonna take this moment and, if you'd like to just say, Jesus, I see that you are God you are the creator of the world and I just give my life to you. Just pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for dying for my sins. I give my life to you. Come into my life and take control. Thank you for loving me. I want to walk with you all my days. If you prayed that prayer this morning, would you grab the card that's sit in there? There's a chair and frames a card on a clipboard. Would you just write on there, I received Christ today, and put it in the connections box as you leave this morning so we can know that that happened. We want to rejoice and celebrate with you. And for the rest of us that are followers of Christ, let's worship him this season. Let's give thanks to him, and let's praise his holy name. This little baby that laid in that manger laying in that manger as a baby and holding up the universe at the same time (laughs) oh my gosh let's worship our great god